not expecting to record so late today. I know, right? Well, well, wow, it's half seven. I know. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, we'll we'll do our our meeting, which we'll we'll leave it at that, and yeah. then then we'll um go do the thing that we told everyone on Instagram we did, and then suddenly it's like we're coming up on fucking eight. Right. And you I've know already what? sworn. You know, what? I said after listening to the Christmas special. Um, I was like, that's that's a lot of swearing. I, I sh- we should try and tone it back at least for the next one. So apologies, folks, but I've already stuffed that up. Is we'll that your we go. is that your one and ep? Absolutely not. I can aim for one and ep, but there's there's gonna be slip ups. Well, your one and ep was actually your political rant, wasn't it? No, no, it was something very specific. There was. There well, was. I know it used to it used to be a bagging of the NBN at least once an ep. That, oh that yes, was that's the, the good one. old days. We'll get round to that one. But you know what, folks? Let's get right down into it and roll an intro. I'm not even going to bother going to welcome back, folks, because you know exactly what this is. I'm Cricket. I'm Wombat, and we just spent three and a half hours in the cinema so that you don't have to. Oh, and I, can we just start with that? Don't. Oh, okay, there's a hot take. Far out. That film, if that took ten years to make, oh boy. In I, fairness, it, that's, that could very well be a first draft. Like, that much VFX, ten years to render, seems reasonable. <laughs> And it took three people to write that script. James Cameron being one of them. And I don't have a problem with James Cameron at all. Before we get too far into it, folks, right. and I am absolutely going to let Cricket rant, just so you know that there's a little bit of a little bit of sway coming. I, I did enjoy the film, so I'm going to get into that later. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy the film. In part. But... <laughs> okay, so we've, we've already discussed that both... Uh, number two and number three need to make... What was it? Two billion is what they determined? Uh, so I had a quick look um, just on ABC, which mm. for anyone listening overseas, it's the Australian Broadcast Corporation or Broadcast Company, depending on the Australian one. Um, this cost apparently a half billion to make. So that's before you even worry about marketing. Oh, so they've done the Waterworld thing and broken even right now. Not necessarily. Oh? Well, again, you, you when you have the cost of a movie, it actually doesn't include marketing and what have you, which is generally about half the budget again. So if it's going off sort of fairly standard ratios, which it may not be, Mm. They need to make $750 million to break even. Woof. And their opening weekend is over $400 million worldwide. But, uh, yeah, basically a lot of the, what I'm reading is saying they're falling well short of what they wanted to box office-wise. And I reckon that it is because it has been 10 years. They tried to do the thing of where, oh, yes, let's re-release the original Avatar. And... Which, to be fair, if you take that money, they've made plenty because that's up to something like $2.9 billion all up. Yeah, no, no, all to them for that. People were excited to go and see that and in release for The Way of Water. But it's even that was not enough, I believe, for it to stick in people's minds. If this is the kind of film that took 10 years to finally bring together, I worry because this series is probably going to fall flat in its face. Yes, he's already... Well, he shot the next one, he's but already shot the next two more one. after that. I, I, I do not believe that the studios will greenlight it. I'm, I'm of a similar opinion that I don't know if he'll get the green light for 4 and 5, which makes me sad, A, in that there'll be a lot of people who were hoping to get that work, B, I just hate unfinished stories. So do I. Like, I've got no issue. But and like, I'm, I'm all for, like, getting more people in this industry jobs. 
God, you sound like a politician, Wombat. You're like, jobs and growth. I said nothing about growth. Oh. Inflation. <laughs> oh, God damn it, I've done it again. I told you, you're not getting one an episode. No, not one. No, you're getting more than one. I'm sorry, folks. That's how it's going to be. All right. You know what? Let, let's just deal with that. You you are a fan of no, you jobs. Know what? Let's, let's go back to it because as much as we tangent all the time, I do want you to actually finish your thoughts on this. You know, part of me is going to have to forcibly go back and actually listen to what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I actually don't remember either. Okay, well, no, 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 about no, no. me saying jobs. Well, where were we, Cricket? <laughs> let's just run with it. it three scriptwriters. Well, three of the main credited scriptwriters probably, yes, had, they, a, probably a had a fairly lot of people number, involved yeah. on that. But, you know, you joke and say it was a first draft. Um, I was talking I'm just to, talking about the time it takes a VFX render. Yeah, no, that was a lot. But I was talking and we were talking to my other half about, <laughs> you know. Is this I, where we plug the extended talk? When, we won't plug the extended talk because that was literally just thoughts in a car. But how she believed that it was basically big print. How there was yeah. just, there is the feeling of... What is improvised dialogue? And now that I think about it, there are points that do feel like there's no flow to it. Even some of the worst scripts can still have that feeling of flow. It may not be the best dialogue, but people still kind of yeah. know what they're doing. And there are points where I'm just like, hmm, I'm bumping up against something here. And <sighs> I don't know. I, I noticed um, you two both don't like repetition in your scripts in terms of like having a character essentially repeat themselves i think it's not just script it's also just general prose and story in general it's it's jarring well it, it is it may come back to sort of who you look at for script writing because it is one of the rules of shakespeare if something is important you say it more than once mm, okay different time <laughs> I want to give that to a different time period because there was a certain rhythm behind what he did. And oh, it, I, I agree. It, Shakespeare it's... himself is different, but a lot of the rules, that's thats what you would learn at writing school, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Well, hell, even that's what I learned. I mean, I was, was there, what, two years ago I graduated? You graduated? I didn't actually go to ceremony, but I, no. finished, I finished my course. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations on that. But it's like, look, you're not going to have someone like Nick Cage go, what's in the bag? A shark or something? Twice? That's what I mean. It's like... I, I don't think repeating something necessarily bears its importance. I do feel that maybe it was just they're struggling to figure out what the f to say. And I, I don't know. I like I, I respect how many, how that, often but I am you, of a different opinion. How often when you've been writing do you constantly repeat something? There's a difference between seeding like in thought. Okay, but there's a difference hey, there. Hey, well, mm, mm, mm. Hey, hear me out. If I write short films or web series, I'm looking at like 10, 15 minutes. This thing is three and a half hours. There is more time to repeat because there is a lot more that the audience could forget. And as you said, as I was don't James feel... Cameron's quote, go to the bathroom when you want, they probably missed the line the first time. If it's early on, you never know. But that idea that if an idea is bears repeating, you can still change it. We are in, like, we, there are ways, and use a f***ing thesaurus! <laughs> you can't tell me that there are other ways of, huh. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Point I mean, towards, you, your fire! Main, your main character was a soldier for most of his life. That's, I have no that's problem how with he that. was raised, that's how he raises his kids. I had, and I haven't got any issue 
But I do feel that there was a lot more work that could have been done on this script. And, you know, people can bite back at me and say, well, I don't see you writing a $500 million film. No, you're right, but I can identify when a script is actually terribly done. Ooh, shots fired. Uh, it's Look, the story is remarkably simple. If you have a simple story, back it the fuck up with good fucking dialogue. Don't just... I'm like, when do I jump in? When do I let him Go rant? for it. Go. No. No, I'll... but it's kind of fun. And well, it's just that thing of like... we. The English language is so malleable. I mean, take a look at how language changes and how we're using certain vernacular. I'm not even drinking. <laughs> how certain vernacular is used and you can at least change it up. It... Mm, I... I gotta breathe, you know, taking a deep breathe take from a deep, here. Yes, breathe from here for those who have seen the film. That's the one. Hire a goddamn script, Doctor. And it, it gets me it gets me going that these kinds of films, like it was a visual marvel to a certain respect. But that's about as far as it goes for me. It's like people were coming out and saying, Oh, this is James Cameron's best yet. This story is so riveting. No, it isn't. It certainly isn't. I, I mean, I've seen film school scripts better than this. Everyone is going for the visual spectacle. And yes, it is nice. Don't get me wrong. There is a certain level of fascination that you get with this. And it's like, okay, we can push the bounds of technology. But in saying that, even the graphics don't always catch up. There's times when you can tell it goes complete smooth skin. We've got this. Yeah, it definitely is that variation of like genuinely believable world vfx and oh that came from a computer exactly there's so much going on with this film and i feel like 10 years for this for this is what we got we got a mediocre quality script we got about 80 percent of the graphics done and oh my god we already kind of discussed the the old man syndrome of this and this is hilarious this is not an sjw thing this this is a movie about dadding and drowning as <laughs> as was already discussed james cameron seriously has a thing about being a dad and also has a serious prop fear of drowning because hey, it's I'm just like tarantino's feet thing we're just gonna see one at least one case of drowning in every cameron film from now yeah I mean, there wasn't even a drowning sequence in Terminator 2. Yeah, but that was before Titanic and he reached the whole billion dollar thing. I reckon he's just got to come back and revisit drowning for after that. But that's the... Th like, Terminator 2 stands up as probably his best. I going to say, probably one of the best sequels of all time. I don't know if it's the best, but it's definitely one of the best. I would genuinely say that it is his best film. Best film from Cameron? Yeah. Okay. I, I swear there was also some this. graphics in that film. Like, they used graphical sequences, I reckon, from, you know, there's a throwback to Judgment Day in that opening sequence, just with all the fire. Yeah, the fire crushing too. Although, was that on? No, that was on too, wasn't it? It, it is. Um, yeah, when they have the beach scene. Whoosh. Yeah, it's all that. It's. <laughs> I use uh, my hands like the people can see them. Right? We, it's like when we do air quotes, you know, yeah. people, we have to God, explain that we're it. doing it. Okay, um, go for it, Wombat. Okay, okay, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And, you know, our whole thing is two guys, two white guys with ADHD, which kind of means I don't remember a f***ing thing you complained about to counter with. <laughs> but, um, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best here. All right, let's, let's start with the, you say, you can have a simple film, but you need a good script to back it up with. Yes. I don't disagree with the premise, but I do disagree that you have to have a good script. Like, I think 
What this film was for was Then for what else the... are you going for? Well, let me finish and I'll tell you. Okay. Um, I think it was like, it's meant to be a visual piece and I can absolutely respect that. You know, you have a simple premise, a simple script and you know, some people might like the script, some might not. I thought it was a script. Um, and I think it was just that big push on visuals. And we actually had a chat early today about sort of, you know, maxing out one point and say what you will about it. It's definitely, uh, or maxing out like one skill of filmmaking. Mm. It's definitely a case of like maxing out on those visuals and pushing the technology that we have to the limit. Um, which I will circle back to because naturally I have to talk about the Star Wars theory I proposed before we started talking about, before we went and saw this on a previous episode. Um, I don't necessarily dislike the script as strongly as I think um, you did. Like to, to me, like, yes, it's not a standout script in terms of I don't think it's going to win like the Oscar for best written film, but I didn't necessarily see anything wrong with it in terms of just being a simple script that kept mostly to the characters that were originally written. Like, yeah, Jake's a bit of a toxic parent. But he also, he comes from that um, background and that was the character established that he was just a, I drop out of school, I go join the army. Like, that's what he know. And what I saw was someone treating their child the same way they would treat the Marines under them because that's what they were grown into. Now, I think they probably could have explored a little more in terms of him realizing that was wrong and how to become maybe a less masculinity toxic parent. That's not quite the phrase I'm going for, but I'm sure someone will smooth that out. That's all good. Um, and they didn't, which is a little sad, but I, I don't necessarily think it's just the case of bad writing. They I think it's a case of they invested their time and energy in that visual spec spectacle, which we should jump to next. Okay, just just to carry on to that, I feel like he was trying to go for. Did we ever get a name on what the 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 water tribes? Uh, were? I'm gonna I'm gonna call them the Aquanavi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. It's like the, we we saw the the name in the papyrus font, but I can't actually remember. Yeah, and they definitely said it out loud. A few yeah, they times. said it out loud a few times, but clearly we were just looking at the pretty blue. I mean, it's, as I said to you as we came out of the cinema, we, we actually need to bring a notepad if we do this because three and a half hours and two guys with ADHD, I remember almost none of the points that I was watching during the time thinking, oh, I want to bring this up, but I just remembered one and I'm bringing it up. <laughs> we learned, when, when we will learn went, from our mistakes. When they went, um, I'm not particularly spoiling because it's three and a half hour film here. <laughs> um, but at some point... Uh, some characters go to a hunting ground mm. and they brought up, uh, it's like the three rocks or something was yeah. the title. And I was like, three brothers rock, three brothers rock. And I'm like, yes, because we all know where that is on this made up <laughs> planet. Thank you for clarifying the location. Are they going to release like a map of Pandora? Well, like with the DVD my, release? My follow up thought to that was they are releasing an open world video game for it. But at the same time, if I'm particularly honest, and I, you know I don't like to crap over this industry, but that game looks terrible. Oh, really? I mean, is that could it have been worse than the previous Avatar game that they released? It looks to me like someone like from a managerial position has gone, great, let's just tackle every genre in one. <laughs> because that way we'll get everyone. And I think, no, what you're going to get is a massive failure. Yeah. So getting back to the point I was trying to, to make before you ten, before you deviated, um, <laughs> as if that's a surprise, that I felt like they were really trying to push that this was going to be like a, a matriarchal society that the Water Tribes yeah. had. I was actually really excited for it because I was like, great, Zoe Saldana's character is going to get um, like even more depth to her character this time as a mother. 
and then they just kind of did a little bit feel sidelined. Yeah, it's. I like they, also wonder, like, as much as it's three and a half hours, how much was cut? That's the worry. It's. Are we going to get like a Once Upon a Time in America cut where the film is just <laughs> six hours long? Or... I mean, I'm a big fan of extended cuts, so I will say on this podcast, if they do, I'll absolutely go see it in cinemas and give you my thoughts. <laughs> then you'll definitely have to see it twice in one day and take notes on the second run. I'll just take notes on the first run. Yeah, you, I, you won't I, be missing much, I love much, a good actually. film, but I don't think I can repeat a film the same day. I don't think I could go and see this a second time. Really? I, I definitely could. Look, its pacing was okay, but yeah, I, it, it still felt like a three-hour film. Look, I'll, I'll give it. It's not... Um... It's not one of my favorite films. It's not something I've you know, thoroughly enjoyed. I'm not rearing to go see it again, but yeah. I do think it was a good film. If someone asked me to go see it, I think I would go. As okay. long as it's not today. I couldn't do it twice in a day. Visuals. Let's get on to this. Yes. So we, we touched on in the car, and I said, hold it for the podcast, the thing on frame rates, because, and it really does lay into visuals because the, essentially the entire film is rendered. There's not a lot no. that is purely live action like there's definitely bits of live action in there i mean you've got physical people there exactly unless the unreal engine is that good if it is genuinely scary and fantastic i will absolutely give them a point but i'm pretty sure those were real actors yeah um like you've got these actors which are composed into scenes and you've got like maybe 70 percent minimum of that film is entirely rendered ian mckellen would have had a very hard time on that film <laughs> And so what the frame rate really does have an impact on that because if you're rendering at two different frame rates, you're like essentially tripling the amount of work you have to do per shot. So I'm like, I want to know what it was mastered for because we saw it at 24 frames a second. Yep. If this was designed for 48, then I will watch it again at 48 because I feel like a lot of the VFX did come short, but I don't want to say they fell short if this is just like the offshoot that it wasn't designed for. Because I remember watching Going Back to the Hobbit, which came out probably about when this started production. Um, the 48-frame version of The Hobbit, in my opinion, looked terrible. Mm. As particularly if you look at the shots from the extended edition. Um, they are so clearly just CG with not enough time to render. But watching it in film at 24, yeah, still CG, but it was nowhere near as bad. So I want to know, like, is this going to look better at 48 and or in 3D? Like, the amount of over-rendering they would have done for this. I would say that even if they've over-rendered, it should still be peak quality at 24 frames. Look, it should, but realistically, with so much crunt culture and VFX, I'd say, I mean, you're, you're at 24 and 48, both with 3D and non-3D. So that's yeah. four different renders of every bloody frame. One of them will be the one where James Cameron's like, this is the one I'm mastering, and the rest are all like, get it done like this as well. I want to know what that one is, and I will see that one. Because the VFX, I will say, did not entirely hold up, but I don't want to just say it as a blanket without seeing the master one. Fair. Speaking of air quotes. But in saying that, it's it has been delivered and promised to people who are cinema goers. The people who are ranting and yes. raving about this film are the ones who did not see it in a high frame rate version. They are not the ones that went... Are you went... sure, though? I, I genuinely believe so. He would have presented this to people at 24 frames because you know why? You know why? he was pushing. No. You know why? Because it's the people who give him the money. He would have been advocating personally for the high frame, that high frame reckon? rate. That's why it's been released as such. It's not a, su a suggestion that a studio head has given to him. He would have taken that 
and just gone with it. He's like, hey, okay, so we're going to release this in a high frame rate, but this is for you guys to watch because let's face it, if it, if um, audience reactions were anything like they were with The Hobbit, people are still against it. We've only had one film that had a 60 frame per second sequence, and that was Ang Lee's film back in 2016. He filmed an entire sequence where a character is walking on a football field as like a Marine, and it's, it's a long walk. I'll, I'll post a link in the description, but it was this whole sequence of what's like the first film that has actually filmed a sequence at 60 frames per second. Interesting. Yeah. As so, like a set frame rate, we should say people shoot 60 all the time as an yep. off frame rate, 60 yes, frames a to second go for to then go at 24 frames a second. Yes, yeah. correct. But this was, I don't think the whole film was shot, but... At 60 frames. Well, that's interesting sick. because yeah. you kind of need to pick a frame rate for the project. Mm. So if he shot it at 60 but rendered at 25, it's just sort of, what is it, cutting every I don't know, 2% of the frame or something? Yeah, we're, we're bad at math. But this idea that it's going to take a long, long, long time for the frame rates to be accepted. Like you hear people in the gaming community talking about, you know, 60 frames per second is ideal. Um, the only reason that we well, it's watch... almost substandard at this point. Uh, yeah, for gaming, absolutely. Um, because obviously, film was twenty-four frames a second. It's how the reels worked and everything like that. And we've just kind but of film kept that. Also, tradition. doesn't you know require a reaction time? No, correct. <laughs> but you know, if there there's is... a reason gamers want buttery smoothness. <laughs> That's why they go to 120 frames, or you know, don't cap your frame rate. But well, that's it. 120 is almost becoming the standard for console, unless you're Nintendo. Yeah, we won't talk about. We'll talk about that another time. We're here for strictly Avatar. This is oh, strictly the, Avatar. We're here to try. I mean, we can we can try and stick to one topic, folks. But that use of the high frame rate isn't going to be universally accepted for a long time until high end filmmakers like Cameron start doing it. More often, until we start seeing films that are getting constantly released in 48 frames or 60 frames per second, people are not going to get used to it. It was like in the same way that um, uh, Gus Van Zandt did Unsane by shooting on an iPhone. That was the first feature film to be done as such. We still have iPhone filmmakers doing these kinds of things, but it was the first time that we had a high-end filmmaker doing it. Until we get more of that, we're not going to see high frame rates in cinemas often. Okay, but hear me out. Do we need it? What, What does a high frame rate bring other than, like, doubling the VFX pipeline? I think what someone told me ages ago that the reason that they do the um, high frame rate is so that the VFX actually look better, but I would say it actually looks more jarring. There's time because yeah. there's there was points in this film where the VFX, you know, you could tell in the close-ups that it was a lot of makeup, but then far away we were still getting this uh this smooth skin look on a lot of the Navi characters. Almost like they did it and then they put it through a denoiser just to yeah, get rid of everything. It, it just I haven't like, made that mistake before. But when I get to know, it's like when you notice editing in a film and I put Assassin's Creed on that. Um, when you notice like VFX changes actively. I mean, we weren't going and we were wanting to look at the pretty. We weren't wanting to be able to spot, oh, there's a, there's a frame rate drop. That doesn't look right when I'm actively noticing these things in what should be a polished film. That's a problem. And to be fair, like again, as much as we are a little critical, we are talking about one of the most expensive films ever made. $500 million and this is what you give us? US. US! That's like $10 billion Australian at this current exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, inflation's great, guys. Oh, boy. It is, it is crazy. 
crazy to me. And the, the inconsistencies on, like, the same, essentially, product. Like, we, we talk about the whale, because I don't think either of us remember the name. Um, but we talk about the whale, and, like, you'd notice sometimes it does look like sort of, you know, 2006 animation. Not even VFX, but animation-style whale. And sometimes it is like, wow, that is just spectacularly on point. Yeah, and I... It's, it's the very... I think, you know, if they had brought the entire thing down a level but got it more consistent, I think it would be better. I think it's that fluctuation that really threw us. Yeah, it's... But it's, what I... Sh I think what I'm bringing back to is the VFX were up and down a bit. I think visually it was excellent, but it wasn't phenomenal. Can we talk about the Australian guy for a moment? Oh, God, yes. You didn't like him, did you? <laughs> So, you know me, it's, I've spoken about how I have issue with people overdoing an Australian accent and hamming it up. I agree with you, yeah, but I would I disagree this was overdone. I actually think it was hammed up. I, I don't know, maybe oh, it is. Oh, the difference between hammed up and overdone. This was definitely hammed up, but hammed, I reckon it was over nailed. It, it's peak, like, it, it's peak typical Australian. They were going for an archetype here. But I think they nailed it. I loved him. I don't know, man. I also reckon he's it almost like... brought me out. <laughs> like, okay, so and I've, I've, we've spoken. We spoke about this years ago when Rogue One came out. Um, how often the utilization of an Australian accent is quite jarring. You can have an American character and a British character talking quite comfortably, and it doesn't seem to take you out of the flow. You can even have a character who uh, speaks with an Afrikaans accent. It's not going to be as jarring when an australian comes in and goes oh yeah mate how you doing all right throw another shrimp on the barbie type of character <laughs> that's what pulls you away but we say as australians we I, and i think we are <laughs> we are the most critical of it because we hear it so differently to other people but you take someone like ben mendelson's character in rogue one that australian accent did not to pull you out. No, that honestly was a gorgeous accent. And, and a very different end of what we heard in, heard in Avatar. But honestly, I loved it in Avatar. I, I think it worked well for the character. I found them really entertaining. And as much as it is like a bit of an overcooked accent, I found it really genuine. I think it worked. It's just... It, it paints a very interesting picture. Like, we can go down that full route of having... Uh, I feel like I've seen that character type before like this oh definitely the, we've seen them before like the australian outback hunter but you know <laughs> instead of whales it just it, it's some other thick we're beast. here to hunt emus we got a score to settle that kind of thing mate it's like oh yeah the dinosaur clever girl kind of thing <laughs> although you know there was the there was the free willy moment that I thought was kind of... Oh, that was gorgeous. The free willy... I wanted it to be the free free willy Simpsons moment. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I probably I probably shouldn't go on with that because that's coming into endgame spoilers. I don't want to talk too much about the sort of... You know, the last hour of the film being the end of it. Oh, in that sense. Yeah, it look... And, and I think that was where I was starting to notice the drops in VFX. Interesting. I thought it picked up then. Really? Well, one of one of the big things with VFX is how hard it is to replicate sunlight and whatnot. Mm. And minor spoiler, once the sun goes down in that back end of the sequence mm. and you've basically just got all those artificial sources of lighting, I feel like you get a lot more renders because you get a lot more time and I think that was noticeable. 
Like a lot of the stuff in the water, which isn't a spoiler, it's the way of water. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the stuff in the water where you've got like just a single or a couple of sources of light, I thought that was all rendered really well. Yeah, no. I I know they also shot a bunch in a tank, so a lot of that's probably also just practical. Yeah, James Cameron does love his giant tanks of water, but... Easy to drown people in. (laughs) It's not a fetish. Not yet. <laughs> um, a couple more films, we might call it one. Eventually. But I think it was it was a lot of the sky sequences. There was a lot of... Yes. A- in a lot of the he- action heavy sequences that were quite bright, that is when it stood out. It was blaringly obvious that I'm seeing all these things that are so distinctly rendered. I was... Yeah, I was stripped out... Pulled out a fair few times. Um... You know, there's points where I'm like, wow, this is actually really amazing. And you could see it was the underwater sequences through the entire film. Yeah, like there's clearly a lot of love and passion in that. Oh, yeah. The man has a love for the ecosystem. Like, we get it. It's he wanted to... I know. I think he has a love of just film. Like, that's what I got from this. Like, as you say, we're we're, not to criticize. That's Cricket's job in this case, apparently. Um, Simple story, simple premise, simple script. But I, I felt a love of filmmaking in the film and i think maybe that's why i i want to say enjoyed it a lot more than you did yeah i i went in with an open mind i didn't expect oh same I, I i purposely avoided anything in terms of reviews spoilers i even told my friends who'd seen it you are not allowed to message me like i don't want to even know what sort of mood you're in after you've seen it yeah and i don't even think i watched the trailer uh, I'm pretty sure we watched the trailer before. Oh, we recording. did watch the trailer. That's right. But it was a very, it was almost a teaser more than anything else. We're just yeah, like, it was also on my phone. The whole trailer was just look at the pretty. And I was like the pretty. And we said, let's go look at the pretty. And then we got a bit of the pretty. There's <laughs> certain, I mean, you know, there is a movie's worth of pretty scenes in there. You could have cut this whole thing down by a whole hour. You could have, but I also reckon there's like a good hour on the floor. That said, I've I'm, seen I've films. Been a big one, big pusher for extended editions. Mm. I really didn't like the extended edition of the first Avatar. Okay, I thought it added nothing but underdone VFX at a time when VFX could be underdone and quite noticeable. I so have you ever watched? I'm tangenting the behind the deleted scenes from Pirates of the Caribbean two and three. Two and three, um, I've seen some of them, yeah. Oh, they're amazing. I mean, they're amazing in themselves, but some of the best do with Davy Jones. Yes. Because you can tell they've cut them when they're partway through the VFX pipeline because yeah. he jumps between the, the onesie and then this like half-cooked Davy Jones where it looks like it's like 1990s video game, <laughs> then almost finished rendering. It's then the, the rock onesie. in the mummy returns kind of like VFX. genuinely worse than that at points. And to be clear, it's because they're cut, so they didn't finish them. Yeah, it's they, they um, don't need to. I can't remember when we got... Oh, yeah, the, the original VFX from the Avatar Extended Edition, the first Avatar. Some of it felt like that. Like, I remember watching the extended cut and going, oh, my God. Like, maybe if it was finished, it would be good, but it so heavily took me out. So, I don't know. I, it's one of the very few films where I'm like, I wouldn't watch the extended edition again. I would genuinely like to know, from a technological standpoint, uh, what Cameron has on offer because that's what was most interesting is that it was the 3D technology he was utilizing to create Avatar in a better format for 3D filmmaking. You know, we should say we saw it in 2D. Maybe, maybe all this stuff is rendered primarily for 3D. Maybe we should have gone for the 3D. If there's any filmmakers out there that do have a better understanding of 3D filmmaking, and if they've seen both just the 2D version and the 3D, not necessarily the 4DX, uh, we have heard it's a bit chaotic, but... <laughs> You know, it's we want to know 
where is this leading to? Because a 10-year product to come out the back of it barely ha make bank on this. He's going to have to release it a few more times in the hopes that people go and see it again. They might remember it and go, oh yeah, maybe there were things I missed. But if you know what I'm just thinking? What else was in the pipeline for that mm -hmm. long? And the only films that come to mind are the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I think that was eight years. What else was actually like 10 years of production and how does it compare? Because Lord of the Rings, I think is a trilogy, as much as only two avatars in, I think it kicks it out of the park. And there was a reason for it. Mm. Like, this, granted, it was an adaptation compared to an original work, even though I, I still it think... It is, but, you know, if we're calling this a simple script, then we can say you adapted a script, so basically Tolkien wrote it for you, or you had a basic script. So let's just say, okay, about the same work on the script levels, I still think the Lord of the Rings trilogy has done a lot better than this. But there was a great use of visual storytelling, and for the Lord yes. of the Rings, not... And, and I say storytelling... As opposed to, to just aesthetic. This just seems like a giant showpiece. It's as if James Cameron is like, oh yeah, look at what we can do. It seems to me that that's what it's boiled down to. You know, uh, I think that is probably the biggest distinction between our takes on it. Because I absolutely agree, but I'm quite happy to sit through three and a half hours of cinematic um, showboating. Like, I'll watch the shit out of that, but I agree... Um, again, going back to Lord of the Rings, it told a story with its visuals. There is a difference between showboating and storytelling. If you want a three-hour film with barely any dialogue, great visuals, go watch Dances with Wolves. If you want a long film, go watch it. It's fantastic. And you know what? It still holds up to this date. When you have very little dialogue and you utilize visuals as your basic storytelling element, then you can't rely on a script and that is where storytelling as a format of like visual storytelling show don't tell is like so critical and i feel that it was just tell and try and see where it leads you i don't know man it's <laughs> well if it doesn't help you at all we've got cricket who i don't think really liked it and has said a number of critical things but i i enjoyed it so folks um, we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know on Facebook. Tear me down and see where it goes. I'm Wombat. I'm Cricket. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, this is James Cameron. We've got to do a three and a half hour cut. Oh, crap. Can we just render silence for the next three hours? <laughs> I'm tempted to say do it. We'll see Bye, you next folks. time. The following podcast is a co-production between Fawcett Fictions and Wombat Poo Productions. Our opening and closing theme is Road Trip by Joaquin Karad. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at This Is A Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, and more. And hey, we'll see you next time. Okay, in just like three seconds or less, did you enjoy it? Did you not? Two and a half out of five. Okay, I'm going to say like I enjoyed it, but I don't think enough to give it a four out of five. That's not a number. I didn't ask you for a number. You put in the numbers. What are you doing to me?